Welcome back to Notes from the North, your go-to Minnesota Vikings podcast. Before we get started, we want to offer thanks to purpleptsd.com and vikingsterritory.com for giving us a chance to post our podcast over there. Sure to check out great Vikings coverage over at purpleptsd.com and vikingsterritory.com. Welcome to Notes from the North with Kyle and Sam. We are back for another week. Uh, Kyle, I guess I was kind of curious, just as we start off today, uh, you're now a week removed from last week. You've seen some playoff football this past yep. weekend. I don't know how much you watched, but I, I guess just starting off, what's the temperature check in terms of how you're feeling about the Vikings? I know last week we kind of came off disappointing loss. Um, any new insights or any just different perspective that you have now coming into uh yeah. this Monday morning. When I saw the Eagles just thoroughly dominate the Giants, just wasn't particularly close. 38 to 7 was the final score. I felt more anger in the sense of like um you know the Giants aren't these world beaters. You know what you know what I mean? Like they they too have a negative point differential worse than us. You know, you know, they um went three six and one over the final ten. You know what I mean? And look at the three that they beat. You know, it wasn't exactly like, you know, Chiefs, Bills, the Bengals, or something like that. So um, there was frustration, disappointment to lose to them. Certainly should have beat them. Um, even more so when you see what happened in the second rounds. And you're thinking, okay, this team really wasn't, really isn't very good. And that's not an indictment on them. They're still building. They're young. Um, it's just kind of where they are in their process. Um, so in the sense, that made me a little more frustrated. However... Uh, you know, watching the Niners and the Cowboys a little bit, watching some of the Bills and Bengals, you're thinking, we're not as good as these teams. You know, the, the, the Vikings would have gotten, I, I think, I mean, who knows? I think the, the Vikings would have gotten shredded by the Niners, uh, just absolutely shredded. Um, but, you know, again, that just kind of lives in the land of hypotheticals right now, and, and we really have no idea, but my sense is that Cowboys are better than us, Niners are better than us, Eagles certainly were better than us. Uh, we really had no business coming out of the NFC, I don't think. Um, so, you know, that kind of is what it is, I suppose. Yeah, I, I think that's that. That's an honest reflection. Because, again, I think that you look at those teams and I I don't think you could say that the the Vikings are any better than those other three teams. Certainly, no, I don't, like, I don't you know think what? so. It could yeah. be the Giants. Um, yeah. But you look at all those other teams and it's like, one, they don't match up particularly well against any of them. No, uh, right. And two, they're that's just right. like they're not they're not as good. And so yeah. you kind of need one or the other potentially to be yeah. competitive. And I don't know. I like I think you certainly would probably take the win and then to get smashed uh by a team and and say, you know what, we got to the we, we won a playoff game and and that was yep. good. Um but yeah. What I think yeah. everyone kind of knew, like, you know what, win a playoff game and then who knows? But uh, the Giants it, it would have it would have been much easier to digest and say O'Connell's first season was a success. He won 13 games, he took back the North, and he won a playoff game at US Bank Stadium. Instead, as we got beat at US Bank Stadium and then fired the defensive coordinator. Um, you know what I mean? So it's just a, you know, it's just as Vikings fans, you often feel like if you're not totally in despair, your optimism is mixed with a certain degree of skepticism and so on and so forth. So this is just a continuation of the pattern. 
Right, right. Well, and and let's talk about that briefly because then again, today yeah. we're going to be focusing sure. on our bold predictions. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Spo- spoiler, yeah. uh, yep. it wasn't good. Um, that's why we call them bold. But uh, bold, exactly. That's the key word. There, there have been a little bit of Vikings news, and again, I think there was a lot of speculation coming out of the season. I think even just there was a lot of noise in the past few weeks of the season, just kind of realizing like, Hey, you know what? Just doesn't feel like this is working well. Um, so Ed Dantel is, is gone. And again, we uh, certainly sit here and we don't celebrate anyone losing their job. Uh, mm-hmm. We know it sucks. We know he's, he's been in the business for a while. Um, yeah. But from a Vikings perspective, um, kind of what, what were your thoughts on the news and, and maybe even a little bit about what, like, where do we go from here? You know, I kind of wonder, and this this might not be true, but, you know, like Sam was saying, we don't want to sit here and just, like, celebrate this dude getting fired because he's got a family and he's a person and so on and so forth. Um, you know, I do wonder, though, if this is really a matter of Ed Donatello is not a bad coach. He was simply in a bad role or maybe not the best role for him right now. And so it's possible he'll go somewhere else in a different role and actually do an excellent job. Um, being the defensive coordinator for the Vikings in 2022, uh, you know, things didn't turn out well for the defense. And so I guess the first place you look is the coordinator, you know, if not the head coach. Um, But it's easier, I suppose, to look at the coordinator just insofar as O'Connell's more offensive-minded. And he certainly seems to have taken, you know, a lot of the responsibility and has a lot of input on the defense. But, uh, you know, it's easier to look at, or excuse me, Donatel first. And so, it's possible it just wasn't a good role, a good fit for him right now. And, you know, and right now for the Vikings too, you, maybe, maybe with a different batch of players, things would have been different. But for one reason or another, the roster and the coach, that marriage didn't work particularly well. And uh, so the Vikings moved on, I think, with a great sigh of relief for many Vikings fans. So we'll see. I mean, right now the, the spot is open. And I just cannot imagine um, – there will be any of these rumored cuts or trades, restructures, or, you know, too many of these things until that DC is in the building and has had the chance to kind of get his feet underneath him, right? Because why would you bring the chef in unless you, you know, give him a chance to work with some of the ingredients or have a say in some of the ingredients? That's the old, I think, Bill Parcells quote. Um, Bring this DC in, see what he thinks of the defensive personnel and proceed from there. Um, You know, and obviously keep that in perspective of, you know, Kwesi Dokumensa having the final word, of course, and O'Connell having more power, but getting that guy's input um, and then kind of making a plan for how you can re- I still maintain that. I don't know if Sam, if you disagree with this, I still maintain, <clears throat> excuse me, there's enough talent on that defense. They could have been average in 2022. Um, I don't know if they had enough to be, you know, top tier, but they could have been average, I, I think. Uh, somewhere in those mid-teens, maybe even high teens, but you know, pretty good and and you know, not disastrous. So, and if and if that was the case, they they probably win that game against the Giants, and they they probably <laughs> go and get beat by San Francisco and Santa Clara. Um, so that's kind of where I stand on that. Certainly, last Sam was saying, don't want to celebrate it, but there is a sense of relief. I think it's pretty tangible, um, and we'll kind of see from here, right? Like that three four is staying. It's not as simple as just switching from 3-4 to 4-3. That 3-4 is going to stay intact. And uh, we'll see what the new defensive coordinator can do to kind of resurrect things a little bit. So that's interesting because I was kind of wondering about that. Like if if a new guy 
comes in and and changes yeah. that like that was that was one of the things that I've seen um kind of people have talked about a lot in yeah. terms of what this Vikings team did and and feeling like you know what um I think the stat was that I think seven of the eight teams that were still in the playoffs have a four three um right right coming into the season or uh, into this this uh, past weekend right um, and I but I think it makes sense certainly you want to hire the guy that's going to have an input and I think there's some hope that there are some changes. And I think we, we end a season, we want significant changes and rarely is there too significant of changes. You, there's only so much you can do again. You can talk about cutting everyone and trading everyone. Uh, but very few contracts are set up in a way that, that actually very much helps the team. And so you got to either figure out whether it's, there's going to be some restructuring or, or that, but, it's going to be hard to to maybe like shift the majority of the players on this defense. You're realistically looking at at only a few changes if if you're able to do that. And so, um, we'll, I, anyway, I'm we'll just circle back to that. We'll circle yeah. back to that topic in a future episode. Yeah, I'm just I'm, just I'm, discuss possibilities. Um, yeah. ne- neither I will say I think Sam will feel comfortable with this. It's neither predictive nor prescriptive. We're neither predicting what's going to happen or prescribing what they should do. Simply talking about options. You know, th- this is what they could do if they wanted to kind of thing. Yeah. yeah would you no, be good I, with that, Sam? Absolutely. I think there's a lot. Yeah. There's, that's certainly worth, it's a bigger conversation. In terms yes, of that. it's a bigger, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, but let, so let's do this. Let's, let's shift here into talking yeah. about our bold predictions. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of, I, I um, spoiler alert, didn't go well. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. um, maybe let's present it. We don't expand too much on it, but uh, maybe talk about your prediction. Talk about maybe what you were thinking at the time, and then why sure. it didn't happen. Sure. Um, yeah. Okay. And we'll, let's right. just we'll we'll alternate back and forth. Um, we're, we we were just kind of doing a quick recap in terms of uh, what our actual picks were and and that. Um, yeah. But yeah, why don't you go ahead? You start with with one of the three that you had there, and um, talk about what what happened. Sure. So one of the ones that I had was that Cousins was going to throw for five thousand yards. In the end, he threw for forty five, forty seven. So, um, you know, he's flirting with forty six hundred. So not too 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 far off. But also, you know, a couple games or one monstrous game away from. Uh, you know, hitting that magic number. My th- rationale simply being, you know, previously he's come pretty darn close. He, he threw for 49-17 with Washington in, in 2016. Uh, and I'll have to look up to see, was Kevin O'Connell his uh, quarterback coach at the time? I think he was. I think Sean McVay was his OC. Um, it was kind of a modest start for Cousins in terms of the yardage. His first 300-yard game actually took place in week 10, right? And so prior to that, he didn't really have, you know, huge yardage. And then the very next week, he threw for 105 because that was the disaster against Dallas. And overall, I mean, he, he surpassed 400 yards. He threw for 460 uh, in week 15 against Indianapolis. But he really, he cleared 300 three times, cleared 400 twice. Otherwise, he was sub sub three or even sometimes sub two. And so it was kind of modest output overall at different points, just in terms of the yards, that is. And, 
you know, even with the 17th game, of course, he, he sat some snaps in the, in the final game. Um, you know, he, he, uh, he kind of didn't get there yet kind of thing. I don't feel too bad about this prediction. I thought it was like, in terms of a bold prediction, 5,000 is a big number, kind of a nice, easy benchmark to surpass. And we've seen a lot of quarterbacks do it over the past decade or so. And so, yes, I was wrong. He threw for 45, 50 or so. Kind of is what it is. Um, maybe the sec- Maybe I was just a touch early. Maybe the second year in the O'Connell system actually have some continuity. Maybe he gets there. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. No, I, I think so. Again, I think that's one of those predictions that, you know, it, it was bold. Didn't quite get there, but it wasn't. It's respectable. Uh, respectable, again. Yeah. Uh, we're not giving <laughs> I have away. one that's not respectable. <laughs> we're, yeah, we're not giving away. <laughs> yeah. We're not giving away participation trophies here, but. but that's right. That's uh, right. That's that. Yeah. Let, so let me, I'm going to kind of uh, pair mine a little bit with um, some of your um, pieces. And so you talked about the pass game. I, one of my predictions was the run game. And again, I kind of threw it a number without really looking into the possibility of having um yeah, yeah. my my prediction was about having two running backs with 800 yards and yeah. i think looking back that's probably uh that number was maybe a little bit foolish but really what my idea was that you know what two you're gonna have two running backs you got madison uh mm-hmm. you got cook and thinking about using them a little bit as a two-headed monster i think kind of knew that maybe cook wasn't uh, the thought was maybe Cook wasn't going to be that as much of an every down back uh, mm-hmm. this year and have have this back and forth of of having right. yeah these two guys who the Vikings obviously clearly like and I think you saw in terms of number of touches it wasn't like uh, Cook uh, like like Madison was involved in in the game uh, but uh, certainly was very far off of that 800 number uh, and wasn't three yeah. Yeah, so not 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 particularly close. Uh, One thing, though, to, and to Sam's credit, um, not that you wish for this, but you just see the pattern and react accordingly. I mean, Dalvin Cook had never played a fully healthy season. And so as a result, that means starts for your RB2, right? And so if he had missed two, three games, and therefore Madison is getting 20 carries in those two, three games, then all of a sudden that prediction gets an awful lot closer. And so you never, obviously cheer for an injury, but you just recognize the reality that this was actually the first time in Cook's career that he played every game, um, which would have been, you know, coming into the year, you know, that was far from a guarantee, right? So yeah, uh, to kind of defend Sam a little more, which I, I'm not in the habit of doing, I like to throw him under the bus, but. Yeah, no, it again, it, it like Cook, Cook did drastically out-touch uh, Madison in the end, and there oh, certainly yeah. was that element yeah. of um, believing that, uh, yeah, there was the possibility of an of an injury for Cook, but uh, mm-hmm. Cook gets uh, 1173 yards this year, yep. which is pretty good. Pretty good year. I know there's a lot of conversation about what his involvement is looking for moving forward, but yeah, uh, we won't get to that today. But Kyle, go go with number two here. What your your next prediction? Number two, and the one I was actually most excited about was that Smith, Zadarius Smith, that is not Harrison, Zadarius Smith. And Daniel Hunter were going to combine for 30 sacks. Thinking simply being that if they each average 15 across the 17-game season, which is very plausible, uh, then you get to 30 sacks between your top two edge rushers, and you're going to see this revitalized uh, pass rush. For a time, I felt good about it. I mean, Zedarius Smith, it's easy to forget. He started, he was on fire. You know what I mean? Especially leading into the bye. 
Um, I think he was the defensive player of the month for October, right? So he looked like he was someone who was going to hold up his end of the bargain. Uh, you know, Daniel Hunter maybe was the production was a little uh, slower, perhaps at the beginning, transitioning to the three-four outside linebacker. Um, but of course, those final several weeks, you know, from basically from Dallas game onward, he only had half a sack, and that includes the playoff game. Right, so that will really take the wind out of your sails in a prediction like this. Uh, Daniel Hunter kind of picked up the slack, you know, produced more within that time frame, but he also finished short of the 15 that he would have needed for the average. So again, this is one of those ones was a bold yes. Uh, they combined for in the end 20 and a half. Yeah, off by a decent clip. Uh, I don't think it was completely outlandish. Um, I certainly expected the defense to be better and more dynamic. And that factored into, I mean, we'll talk about this on my final one, that factored into this prediction for why is the defense going to be dynamic is because these two are going to be top tier, elite, elite, elite. Um, and then I think in the end, we could probably just say they were really good rather than elite kind of thing. So that would be my, uh, this is my justification for yet another wrong, bold prediction. Yeah. And I, uh, whether in some ways it hurts and in some ways it helps in the sense that I think one of the major concerns that people would have had about that prediction was health and precisely relatively yeah. speaking, I know Smith was battling uh, his knee yeah, his, his knee throughout the season a little bit, uh, but remained like, I think if you were to say at the start of the year, Hey, this is going to be their involvement and in how many games they, they start and play. I think you'd be pretty happy with it considering the injury history of both of them. Exactly. Uh, and so Six, at least 16 for Smith, he only missed the final week of the year and then every one of them. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a good transition into mine. Cause I, one of the things mm-hmm. that I had talked about a little bit was um, there was a list floating around at the start of the year in terms of the top 10 Vikings players. And I remember I saw Cameron Dantzler's name on that list. And I remember thinking my bold prediction was, you know what? I don't think he belongs there yet, but I think by the end of the year, he will be firmly cemented on that list of top 10 Vikings players. And I think um, it, it can't be the case at this yeah. point. He yeah. had, I think he he played well. I don't know, Kyle, you, you might have more of a sense in terms of any metrics that would have uh, measured his play, whether it's PFF or, or something else. But he was, uh, he, he just, he battled injury through a lot of the season and, and wasn't there and, I think there was a hope that he would be able to step up and and be a significant player and be a, a steady uh, player in, in coverage, and it just wasn't the case. And again, I don't think that you go into next season. Uh, I don't know what they're going to be doing. I don't think you're in a spot saying like, "Well, you can't." Um, he can't potentially still take a step where he is there, but it was just another year. I think of waiting for him to to do something. And, and unfortunately with, with the injuries, it just wasn't, uh, wasn't the case this year. So in the end, he started nine games, played in 10. Uh, when there was opportunity for him to come back, Duke Shelley had stolen the starting spot. Right. Uh, 77.4% of the passes into his coverage were completed. So that's not great. 77.4 and quarterbacks collectively had a 111.1 quarterback rating, passer rating against them. Not excellent. And then he was 56th overall out of 118 corners on PFF, which would suggest he's basically kind of like, you know, an average corner. Um, 
so not a disastrous year. Uh, I think there's still a lot of intrigue with Dantzler. He's long and strong and physical. I mean, if you know, you think of defensive ends, your edge rushers and your corners, you want dudes who are long and strong, right? Like that's just like, that kind of fits that like kind of ideal uh, mold for that position. And I know the Dantzler is pretty skinny, but he's physical and he hits pretty hard. And I think you like him out there and you're intrigued by him out there, but it's that health is certainly an issue. Um, how much of the, you know, that completion percentage and pass rating I mentioned to you, you know, was that the scheme? Maybe not putting him in the best position to succeed? Was it, and we'll talk about that here in a moment with my prediction, um, but certainly some bumps in the road for, and really after three years, Sam, you know, I was just writing about this uh, Sunday morning. I wrote about how the, the current corner depth is extremely thin because both Patrick Peterson and Duke Shelley, you're starting two corners by the end of the year. They're both free agents. I mean, as of, you know, March 15th, I believe is the date. So things are thin right now. And, and, and I was writing about Dancer and saying that he is still an enigma. Like he is still a mystery um, somehow, even though he's played all these games, but he's been hurt, I think, every year. And uh, you see the potential, but then you also see some shortcomings as well. So it'll be very interesting to see what they do with Dantzler. Um, he'll be one we can discuss in that defensive, you know, what are their options kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but I can see where, to, and I actually liked that prediction at the time because I thought Dantzler was going to have a nice year. But, and the part of the reason why, and this is my most embarrassing prediction, was that the Vikings offense and defense in terms of points against or points for just strictly points not yards uh would finish top 10 both units and that was that was a a bold take simply because uh the defense in 2020 and 2021 were not good uh in 2020 i think they're actually the 29th overall yeah i'm looking at your 29th overall they allowed 29.7 points against the game almost 30 points against in 2021, they allowed 25.1 points against per game, and that was 24th. So I was predicting that they're going to leapfrog 14 teams, basically, and, and get themselves in the top 10. Meanwhile, their offense was 14th, and I thought they were going to get in the top 10. In the end, the Vikings offense finished 8th. And so that ended up being correct, that, that half. But that really wasn't really bold. If I just said they're going to have a top 10 offense, people would have been like, yeah. If I said they're going to be a top 5 offense, that would have been bold, I think, because that would have been quite a you know, quite an accomplishment, especially with the first time head coach and another system for cousins, and yada, yada, yada. Uh, it's the defense. He has us. They, for the second consecutive year, they allowed an average of 20, 25.1 points against the game. Exact same average. And this year, though, that ranked 28th rather than 24th. So I was way wrong. I was seduced by, I watched all the, the Denver games last year all the, the defense that is saw what they could do is that holy crap this has potential to be excellent uh let's get this to minnesota and i was seduced by that and boys was i wrong and um there's a number of reasons for that and so 28th is what they finished i was 18 spots off at least and uh the hope next year would just simply be i would think 15th 16th in the nfl something like that and then if the offense can climb just a little bit higher and the special teams can eliminate some of those mistakes, then you're thinking, okay, this team's got a shot. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, I don't know if you're familiar with statistics and standard deviation. Uh, yeah. DVOA. Yep. And, or sorry. Or, 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 sorry. 
So, but yeah, like again, uh, being, I thought you were talking about uh, specific, but yes. No, no, just in statistics, just the idea of like where you're at in terms of numbers, like being going for top 10 and being 28, like 18 spots when you take it in the grand scheme of, of how many teams are there is, is, uh, you're, you're pretty far off the, the, um, uh, off there, but a statistician would have told me that was, that was stupid. It's not close, but, but again, I think there, there are reasons for that. And we'll, we'll dive in. We're beyond this week. We'll talk about the offense and, and, uh, spend some time just dedicating an episode to that. And we'll talk about the defense. We, we might even need a couple episodes to talk about the defense. Um, cause I'm supposed to be bold, Sam. And that's my defense. Hey, Hey, I, we, we, um, there's lots of grace here, but, uh, that's right. We'll, we'll finish off with, with my prediction, which was, uh, that the Vikings were going to win a playoff game. And, and in a sense, this one f- looking back and, and if we actually take a sense of now that the season's complete, uh, we look at all these six predictions, uh, this one felt probably feels the most, um, plausible. Yeah. You were the closest uh, to the mark. Like yep. it's, it's, it's close. And I, I can't remember what I said at the time, if we talked about winning the division, but to, you know, to win the NFC North again, it ended up not really being much of a competition uh, by the end of the season, but that, that was a, that's an accomplishment. Uh, it's, of again, course we're, it is. we're yeah. not looking at, at like, we're, like you can look for small victories. And I think there's an element of that. We'll also realize that they fell short uh, of what they were capable of um, mm-hmm. in that game against the giants. But it was certainly plausible. They had a chance. They put themselves in a really good spot, had a home playoff game, uh, played against a team that they'd already beaten the season. They were better than, and at the end of the day, they didn't get it done. But looking back, I, I'm okay with, with taking, well, I'm not okay with taking a loss in that because it sucks that that didn't happen because it was very real <laughs> outcomes yeah. to that. Yeah, but right. I'm okay right. with that being a bold prediction and, and the way that it. um, the way that it happened like, yes you know, it was possible yes it was a good honest swing yeah that very easily could have landed and put the ball out of the park yeah yeah that's but, fair um that's good well let's wrap up there we'll 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 finish it off um i think that we, we certainly got some some vikings uh conversations to happen but i think one, one of the things i've always realized in the off season is that things happen fast we'll we'll preview yeah, the, the season but like you said, there's going to be decisions that are made uh, quick here. We got, we got. Uh, once the Super Bowl is done, uh, you've got decisions that are being made uh, yeah. quickly in terms of roster, and and then yep. getting to draft and all yep. these different things. It's the the uh, the NFL does a good job of of keeping things interesting. So we'll uh, we'll have lots to talk about, but we'll wrap up there for today. Thanks for everyone for listening, and uh, we'll be back next week. Take care, everyone. 